0: hey everybody welcome back to the empire state conservatives podcast it is me your host evan here with the infamous gabe montalvo and today we have two very special guests the guys from the m m M&M talk radio uh talk podcast M-M.
1: mm i don't know man
0: come on <laughs> give me a break here i'm playing everything's going crazy today the mm talk podcast hi man eddie guys thank you so much for coming on the show today no thank you for having us all right guys before we get started A a new notice to visit our new store at EmpireStateConservatives.com. It has just been launched. The old site will be down at the end of the week. So you can find all of our merch there. Once again, all of that money goes back into fighting leftist hypocrisy and tyranny here in New York and hopefully eventually around the country. But let's get into it. Last night was the State of the Union address. President Joe Biden did what Joe Biden does. He mumbled half incoherently and said some things that were 100% not true. Gabe, I'm gonna let you take a crack at this first because I'm still gathering my thoughts on how absolutely absurd half the stuff he said was. Besides the fact mm. that he said people shouldn't have to choose between a paycheck and a job, which again is either him being completely senile or, once again, him saying the quiet part out loud where everyone goes on public um, government assistance. But Gabe, what were your what was your takeaway from this?
2: Uh, well, I uh, share my feelings. I guess I would say akin to Ted Cruz. <laughs> falling asleep, to, yes, falling asleep. <laughs> you look, and it's so—it's such a depressing sight. It's such a depressing sight. You, you're there, and you're watching a le- more than half-empty room, where you know that if it was during a Trump presidency, that even if some people want to stay outside due to protest, Trump would have filled it up with the yellow families. Uh, sorry, yellow star families. Uh, with, with the military service members, with his supporters, with people off the street, because he deserves, he understands, and he knows that we, the people, deserve to be there. And to have that seat at the table, he understands that there's representation. But again, this is China Biden. This is Beijing Biden that we're dealing with. This is somebody who has sold out the country. And according to the uh, Breaking 911 uh, Twitter uh, account, they said a new CBS poll finds that 85% of Americans approved of Biden's speech last night. Only
0: 11 million people watched this thing.
2: Well, listen, they did better than the Oscars, but aside from that, (laughs) they surveyed 510 Democrats, 169 Republicans, and 235 independents. This is what we're dealing with. Of course, the 85% would probably, if we're doing the math, I can't do math. This is why I talk for a living. Mm -hmm. If we're going to do it this way, I'm pretty sure the 510 went... All the way for Biden. And uh, Fox City Mitch said, polls as legit as election night. So I can agree with her on that front. <laughs> I said my piece.
3: Uh, well, um, of course, as soon as Ted Cruz started falling asleep, I would go on Facebook and said Ted Cruz just went viral. Right? Because you could see him like he was going to pass out. But it, it was interesting. He starts his speech, right? And he's like, uh, you know, the house, the people's house started burning on, A hundred days ago, the people's house was burning and through the great uh, leadership of Nancy Pelosi. And I'm like, oh, so a hundred days ago, the people's house was burning. But uh, 300 days before that, America was burning, you know? you know, I mean, through what? like, Like I always talk about this fake narrative of cops systematically hunting people of color down. There's no proof of that, right? But he starts that speech off with that and I'm like, so this is where we're going. You're talking about uniting America, and you start off with the lie that the people's house was burning down. Okay, you had an insurrection, quote unquote insurrection. Fine, whatever. But why didn't you talk about the rest of the, of the troubles of the country also prior to that? You know, th- those are the things that he should have he should have brought forward. And then we we get into immigration. He's like, whoa, 100 days, and I and I started making those changes." Well, 100 days is today. You promised immigration reform, and we still have nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We
0: still have nothing. Yeah. The that's, what, that's what they do and they forget everything that happened before Joe Biden <laughs> took office right there was no vaccine before Joe Biden yeah. took office there was no violence before Joe Biden took oh there was violence there was no peace anywhere before Joe Biden took office right everything was the worst thing in the world before Joe Biden came up and he's done absolutely nothing in 100 days Jaime what uh, What'd you get out of this
1: well I got into the speech late to be honest I didn't even realize you were making anything. a speech <laughs> <laughs> Right, I was like, wait, he's doing a speech today. What the heck, right? Midday, (laughs) that was kind of weird, especially the timing of it, right? So, I guess he doesn't want the. I mean, at least in the west coast, it's too early for us. Um, what I got from the speech pretty much is um, talking points, um, just just all fluff, no debt, right? Especially the Buy American plan. I mean, that was a big thing about Trump when he was in administration, and everyone made fun of him, right? Bringing you know, factory back into the United States and saying that he's crazy for trying to do that. And then Joe Biden proposes this, right, as a Democratic president by American. And now everyone's thinking, oh, he's he's an innovator. He's, he's you know, he's changing things for Americans, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, wait a minute. He just copied and pasted, typical <laughs> Joe Biden, <laughs> copy and pasted from the last administration and decided to, you know, use it as his own idea. Another thing about, uh, that was kind of weirded out by, is um, his, the, um I just told him I thought, the vaccine, uh, actually the vaccine, trying to take credit for the vaccine, right? Trying to take credit that Mm -hmm. under his administration, he's got more people vaccinated. Yeah, thanks to the orange guy, right? That's they call him, you know, who sped up the damn process, right? (laughs) Within eight months, less than eight months, we got a vaccine. Before the election happened, we had the vaccine already ready to go out, and trials were being done, you know, ready to go out to people. And then he's trying to say, like, oh, you know, because of me, all of a sudden, right, he becomes president January 20th, you know, everything changes for the good. So it's kind of like the typical politician trying to say you know he is the bright and you know bright and morning star for america right after a gloomy trump administration so uh that's pretty much what i got from it it's pretty much uh, talking points it's also trying to make himself look good and obviously the media is buying over it right the only thing i uh if we can move on to the response or, or we can talk about that later
0: yeah, I mean guy. we can get into it, but I mean the only thing I saw out of this was besides Dumb and Dumber standing behind him,
1: this, <laughs> is, what he, this is what they do all the time. This is what it's the not Dumb
0: and Dumber. They just they take credit for everything everyone else is doing, mm-hmm. and now we see it. They're about to do it in New York City. Uh, Mayor uh, Wilhelm de Blasio is about to reopen New York city for July 1st, which I told everyone they were going to do right as the summer started. So they can take credit for fixing the economy. When all you had to do was open up the city last summer and we would have been fine. It's all a game to them.
1: No, mm-hmm. mm. oh, You're so right about that. We agree here, here in California, obviously we're, we have a recall coming up, right? And all of a sudden, you, you know. You
0: so lucky you could
1: do that. You know, it's all of All those neo-Nazis are trying to get, you know, this angel of Newsom out of office, right? Let's just all remember that. Um, obviously, here in California, something the media doesn't talk about, especially Univision Division or Telemundo, 46% of Latinos want to replace Newsom here in California. And if we all remember, if we all read uh, follow-up on Latino issues, uh, the media was so kind to make it. Show us to our faces how Latinos were the most affected by the the, the shutdown, the same shutdown Democrats you know forced upon us, the same uh, the same shutdown the, the 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 party here in California forced upon Latinos, which suffered the most economically, and it's also the group that wants Newsom out of office. Forty six percent of Latinos who want him out of office that's a high number, right? Given that you know Latinos were the ones who literally were more affected than you know their white liberals. So it's interesting to see that, and obviously here in California, Newsom wants to open up again, right? Trying to hopefully stay in office. Hopefully people don't buy the the, the sugar candy so quickly. Hopefully we do get them out of office. But
0: that's that's the Cuomo strategy, right? It's someone yeah. accused him of sexual assault. Oh, we're, we'll we'll uh, we'll extend indoor dining. Another person comes up. <laughs> oh oh, now uh, now you can uh, bars can stay open later. It, it, it's right. a it's all a distraction.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's a typical distraction, and. Well, I do notice that a lot of Latinos, especially if you read the commentaries and a lot of the reporting, uh, some of them are starting to catch up, which is good news for us here in California. Uh, The problem is uh, when it comes down to the vote, right, to go out and vote and who they're going to vote out of office. So, um, yeah, as long as we keep telling people, hey, it's just a smoke show, then we'll see. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, hopefully the what's it called? The French. The French, what was it called? French the French laundry. restaurant? French, French laundry. laundry. Oh. You know, hopefully we can all go there and have dinner, right? As a people. Maybe he could oh, buy wow. us all a plate, right? To reach out to the common man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't
2: know. I mean that that place is a little out of my price range. Right? <laughs> it right. Do
1: a fundraise for it. Oh he yeah. Should fundraise. Buy it lunch. Money. He should buy his lunch with all Allegedly. His money.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, at least at least your, your governor didn't write a book. And this is what's fun about this dichotomy. Oh, it's literally East Coast podcasters and West Coast podcasters mm-hmm. talking about how shitty uh, their governors are, both on each side of the coast. So <laughs> this, for me, is a lot of fun. Uh, I, the last thing we need here is for like, some Floridian podcasters to come up here to tell us how bad we're doing as, as you know places anyway. So I reserve <laughs> that, right? We had, uh, what was his name? Rick Scott was the former governor of uh, Florida, right? Now he's senators, yeah. right? Yeah. So, he came to New York in 2017 uh, as the highlight keynote speaker with Laura Trump uh, to address the New York State GOP. And he was like, you guys are pathetic. He was basically saying, like, the Republicans are pathetic. They don't do anything. You shall come to Florida because, look, we're, we're getting a people... Uh, everyone's getting a job in Florida. We're employment still happening. Like, yeah, we get it. We get it, all right? You guys can do stuff. We obviously can't. But listen, what we can pull from California is, I think, truly amazing. Uh, A very, very, very huge left-leaning state. I'd say probably more liberally entrenched than I'd say New York because you have Silicon Valley up there. Mm -hmm. It's close enough to Washington and to, you know, um, to Portland where you you get all of that nice, wonderful Antifa modesty just coming down through the North. Mm -hmm. So you have all of this, like, entrenching stuff. But America is truly the land of opportunity because now you have Caitlyn Jenner running for office against, against Newsom,
1: <laughs> And that's an interesting conversation me and Eddie have, so <laughs> our candidates to remove, okay, so this is the scenario I always put Eddie. If these were Democrat candidates, assuming that, you know, Miss Jenner or Bruce, whatever his name is, he, she, um, Caitlin, sorry, Caitlin, right? Decides to run, she has to pick a party, right? Because here in California, you have to pick Democrat mm-hmm. or Republican or independent, right? Um, if he goes Republican, let's assume, right? That would be the ideal candidate for any liberal, right? Transgender, right? Uh, you know, representing the LGQBT will be the first LGBTQ governor in American history. Remember, we gotta look at Democrats with identity <laughs> politics, right? Checklist so that would be a top, there. that would be a <laughs> checklist for Democrats. If he registers for Republican, I guarantee they're gonna talk crap about him. All right now. We have another candidate who happens, who is Major Williams, right? He's kind of well known, kind of known. He's just out there. He's black, comes from poverty. He served the military. He's poor. He's a black man. Checklist off a Democratic candidate list, right? If he was a Democrat, he would be all over the media as a first candidate for California governor, and he's black. Let's support this black candidate for governor of California. Let's support this black governor for uh, this black candidate to be, you know, representing the state of California, right? If he were a Democrat. But He's running as a Republican, so they're not really paying much attention to him, right? So, all the focus is on Cox, who lost to Newsom right now. And then I don't know who the other candidate is, I don't know the top of my head. So also, I mean, Mike,
0: yeah. All the focus was on Cox, and the first thing that popped in my head was Caitlyn Jenner. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's I couldn't help myself true,
1: because well, the media uh, does on. that. The media well, focuses on, on these candidates, right? So, that's what they're doing here in California.
3: You're forgetting the sleeper, Rick, oh, Rick, yeah. anyone Rick, talking Rick about the sleeper. The sleeper. He's the sleeper. Yeah, but you get what approved. i'm trying to
1: say with the checklist of approved uh barrier breakers approved for identity politics democrat candidates but mm. because they have an r or a c next to the name they don't matter
0: well but that can mm. it kills their lie their lie is that they yeah. are the party of diversity it's yeah. not true it's not true at all and it's been growing especially on the right been growing in minority areas and they don't like that because that takes away their voter base. So they're going to do exactly what you just said. They're going to completely ignore these candidates.
2: Isn't Cernovich... did Mike Cernovich say he was going to run for governor? Or was that just him trolling on Twitter?
1: Who's that? I haven't, I haven't <laughs> heard of it. I haven't even seen I that. heard of that. So he might be trolling. <laughs> oh, well,
2: with Cernovich, it's always like one thing that he called like a year ago, like 10 years ago. He's like, I knew this was going to happen. He bashes Republicans and Democrats. He's you never know what you're going to get with him but you're going to find yourself agreeing with him i'd say a good like maybe seven eight times out of ten um oh, wow yeah but focusing a little bit back on the on what happened with the state of the union address which was interesting because everyone's like referring to it as like the joint uh, congressional uh address. there we go the joint congressional session that was the first time I really heard it being repeated so many times instead of just calling it, like, to say, the union. So that kind of threw me off for a second. Maybe I'm just not as uh, inclined as I thought I was. That's always You're eliminating
0: the union, Gabe. The union is gone now.
2: That's ah, what so, has
0: done. He's done so much that he's eliminated the union.
2: Well, <laughs> the electorate's also going to be gone, too, if we're not careful. Um, mm-hmm. But, And I know that, uh, Jaime and Eddie, you want to get into this, so I'll kind of segue into a little bit post uh yeah, State of the Union, uh, Representative Tim Scott actually made a pretty great rebuttal to Biden. And I'll let you guys go into that. And he's basically saying that, you know, America isn't racist. But what was interesting was the, the virtue signaling of Twitter, how they say they must protect people so much. We need to protect people from language because, as you know, according to Democrats, language is violence. And, you know, God forbid you say anything because you're killing the person. They allowed for, I believe, up to 11 hours on Twitter yeah. For them to, to use a, for leftists, they allow for leftists to use a, I'd say, a racist, overtly racist uh, hashtag towards Senator Scott, they, what they call him Uncle Tim, in reference to him being Uncle Tom. That is, he's the only black Republican senator currently to hold office um, out, of this, uh, out of this session. So I think it's a double whammy of how disrespectful that these people can treat somebody. But again, it doesn't check, check off those, uh, that little box that we've been talking about recently. So I wanna get, I guess, Eddie first and then Jaime, your analysis on what's going on.
3: So what you saw from the response from the media from Tim Scott is what you're gonna get. Anytime a person of color falls outside the narrative, you see it with Leo Terrell, you see it with Larry Elder, you see it with Candace Owens, you see it with anybody, right? Of these prominent figures that are coming up uh, either from social media or just from talk radio, Every time you hear them uh, speak against the narrative, that's what you're going to get. We get it ourselves in our podcast. I get sellout, racist, uh, vendido, all these, you know, sellout, whatever you want to call that's it. Like Gabe it's called it. a Nazi <laughs> sympathizer. Nazi
0: sympathizer.
3: That's a new one. <laughs> that's what you're going to get. But it's, it, uh, Gabe, you point a lot of things out. And, and like I said, you, you pointed great things out. And it's the, and that's the thing. He's pointing out the faults in Biden's arguments, right? He's pointing out the faults in the left's arguments, the lies. He said America is not a racist country. And it's true. This is not 1960, Birmingham, Alabama, right? Where you're getting mobbed down by dogs with water hoses anymore. Does racism still exist in America? Absolutely, because you're gonna always gonna have racist individuals. Does it stop minorities from succeeding? Absolutely not. It's not that age anymore. It's not that age anymore. People can succeed with whatever skin color you are you have, but they always try they're always gonna put that card. Oh well, it's education. Like Joe Biden wants to put the 1619 project in curriculums. Like, what is that about? School choice. As uh, Tim Scott put it out, school choice. Democrats are severely opposed to school choice, but guess who's for school choice? Minorities and, and worse, minority democrats are for school choice, right? He keeps pointing these things out. He, I love this line from Tim Scott. I, my, and He talks about his grandfather in his 94 years. He's like, my family went from cotton to Congress. And that should show you, right? That should show you how much minorities have excelled in America over the years. For crying out loud, we have a black Supreme Court justice. We have a Latina Supreme Court justice. We had a, a black secretary of state. We had a female secretary of state. So these Democrats keep, um, I'll, I'll let you in and give a second. These Democrats just want to keep over and over and over, keep that anger going so people can just go pull that lever come election time.
2: Mm-hmm. Just wanted to quickly say, we also have a female Latina that ran for Congress and won. You know, she went from bartender Oh, yeah, congresswoman yeah, 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 yeah. She's
1: a congresswoman overnight, <laughs> and she's
2: the hero. She's the hero. <laughs> and she, she's a, and listen, I got to you know you got to give credit where credit's due. I don't yeah. particularly like her, but listen, that's the American dream. Also, when yeah. it comes to minorities, we have, I would say, especially in various sports, we have the majority of the market share when it comes to pro athletes who's at the top, whether they be black or Latino, and we get paid millions for it. I mean, hell, yeah. Tito Ortiz and the UFC, freaking. Great guy, Republican knows what it means to really, literally fight for your living or fight for a living, blood, sweat, and tears. You know, it's just amazing. And people like LeBron James, who didn't come from anywhere that was excessively wealthy at any point, but what does he do? He dribbles a ball. He plays a children's game. He shoots a couple of times. Not people. You know, he's he's moved up from that type of uh, from, from that class, I suppose, but he does it. And he gets millions of dollars for it. Millions. Colin Kaepernick, the same thing. <laughs> so, well, he doesn't dream, but he, he, he throws half yeah, he well.
3: He threw footballs,
2: so yeah. Yeah, he throws it half well. But the American dream, I would say, say, is still alive and well. And it's wrong for these people to make it out, as if it is. And I'm glad that people like, you know, Rick Scott came out there and said it. And I'm also glad that people like Cherie Murray also you know, uh, says on her Twitter, she, uh, for those of you who don't know who, uh, who Sheree Murray is, she ran against um, AOC somewhat. She kind of like lost the primary and the Republican um, for the Republican nomination. But listen, a lot of people are saying this. We, from what we do, from both of our podcasts, as I said, East and West Coast, we're able to say and show that we don't have to be Democrats and we can get off of the Democratic invitation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, Jaime, for cutting in. It just it was rattling in the brain for a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. no you're fine you're fine no you're you're fine the tim scott's response was really good actually the way he presented mm-hmm. it, it was well and i uh, i saw the cnn analysis of it right because remember cnn is a, the expert all truth right so i saw how you know van jones and the other pundits and uh, jake taper tapper uh spoke about uh tim scott they praised him on the way he delivered they praised him on the way he connected. They praised him on how natural he was and connected with the audience, and and proving his points and all that. Then they spent the past 45 minutes bashing in how he's wrong, he's not a true <laughs> black person, he's not really representative of the demographic. They didn't really say that clearly, but they implied it a lot, right? Especially when he said America is not racist. The funny part about that is that earlier today, the f- famous and beloved Vice President Kamala Harris said the same thing. America is not racist. However, her comment is justified by the liberals. It's because she put comma, but racism still exists. So that justifies that she is the saint and true representative of America. But Tim Scott- You have to say that part. You have to say that part.
0: That's the big difference.
1: So the exact same words, Kamala Harris says, America is not a racist country, comma, it exists, and Tim Scott's America is not a racist country, comma, let's move forward. One's a bad racist, you know, signaling Trump, neo-Nazis, white supremacist people, but the other one's, you know, talking about hope and change and forgiveness and redemption. So it's like, what do we what are, the double standard is so obvious in our faces that any rational person, whether you graduated high school with a 2.0 or a 1.8 or a 3.5, mm-hmm. would see that shit off the bat, right? So Tim Scott's response to America not racist is great. And one thing we always talk here and I'm talking the West Coast is look at the demographics of Latinos as business owners. Within a generation, they can go from coming from countries of poverty, countries of persecution, of socialism, socialist policies, come to the United States and within a generation, they can have the wealth they never had in their home country doctors, business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, so on and so forth. I mean, we look at Elon Musk, right? He's an immigrant who came to the United States, Look at him, he's a rich man. I'm talking about Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world right now on Amazon. Same thing with him, right? So, it's kind of the, this whole thing about racism is putting the minorities down. It's such a lie because you can see it in everyday life. We not, might have we might not have 500 million billionaires, but we do have a lot of minority business owners Are doing really well here in California, Southern California. We see it all the time. We see restaurant chains like Michoacana, which is an ice cream chain from Mexico. The business owners have chains all over Southern California, which became famous. Uh, Business owners that I know that sell coffee have business chains around uh, Southern California in the LA area, right? They're doing well, right? Coming, you know, working hard and so on and so forth. Like Gabriel says, the American dream is still alive. So, this whole notion of racism is keeping people down. I think it's the fear that. The Democrats have that once the people realize that it's not true, that they will lose that power, that control, that power and office, whether it be governor, Congress, state, and local offices, right? And although they're well-meaning in their ideology, I guess you could say that, but the outcome of their policies tend to be more hurtful, harmful, and backwards for a lot of minorities, right? So Tim Scott's response was great. It was beautiful. I just didn't like to CNN, obviously you know, interpret it for the common folk as saying he's not a true, he's not speaking truth and he's lying about America, not racist. He's lying about it. Right. Um, it's just to keep the other people down. Right. So it's kind of like, it's sad. I have an analogy, but I won't say it because I don't know how delicate that might become. So
2: you can say that.
1: it. Yes. Yeah, uh, Go ahead. It reminds me. Okay. I'll say it. Imagine, <laughs> Django Django. Yeah. <laughs> the servant who served the master, right? He wants to keep everyone in check. It kind of reminds me of that guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like they want to make sure everyone else is doing bad and you have to be, you know, as long as they're good and they're doing well, you know, who cares about everyone else? They have to submit even to him, right? Even with the look of an eye to please the white plantation owner. Mm -hmm. And for us (laughs) is the white liberal, which Malcolm X has talked about it many, many times. And people quote Malcolm X about it, about the white liberal being the biggest enemy to, you know, black voter. So I kind of see them that way is that as long as they're doing millions and they're doing great, they'll just tell everyone how bad they are and they're going to stay bad, right? If you don't vote a certain way or think a certain way. Um, and if you stay a certain way, we're going to help you. But in reality, we're just going to make matters worse for you.
0: But that's how that's the how Democrats maintain power. Their power always comes from the backs of minorities and from people who think that the Democrats are really trying to uplift minorities, but they don't because if they did... After you were on welfare for a few months, you'd be off of welfare. Instead of having generational welfare in all these cities with the minority groups having insanely high amounts of crime, all in Democrat-run cities, they don't do anything to help minorities. It's all a lie. It's all it's all a talking point. It's all to sell their own people. You see it all the time. All these rich white, and again, rich white liberals. They go, Oh, I'm so down for the cause. Right. You guys are so racist. You don't really care about minorities. And then, you know, they, they, they head off to their, uh, little ski lodge vacations, or, you know, they (laughs) live in their little gated communities. It's like, you're so full of it. You know, if you are really that down for the cause, if you really want to tax everyone else into poverty, give up your money, give all your money to minorities. No, one's forcing you to hold on to that money. You can give it up, give give up your vacations, give up your million dollar home and go live in the ghetto. Go hand <laughs> out cash to poor to poor minorities. Go do it. Not one of them will because they're all full of it. It's all to make them feel better. It's not mm-hmm. to actually help anybody because to actually help somebody, you get you get them a job. We saw it under President Trump. We had a record low amount of people on welfare because we had a record amount of people who were employed. Yeah,
1: that's and that's right. how you help people. That's right. That's right. And uh, that's true. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, thank you. I was gonna say, Evan, I'll raise you one more. How about because what's happening at the border is so horrible. How about we get these same Liberals who feel so bad for us brown people? How about they take some of their mansions that they have or even their three bedroom homes? You know, I'm not asking for too much here. Why don't they become uh, a part of the foster system? You know? why, don't they, why don't they help you know, the, the surge that's happening, the crisis that's happening at the border and actually house some asylum seekers or some of the unaccompanied children that have been showing up there or the families? That's those are those are possibilities that for people to do,
0: yeah. I mean, but, leftist Hollywood loves them so much, but you see all these engagement rings that all these famous celebrity women have. Sell that so- why you don't need to ring that much. <laughs> Sell that ring, <laughs> go give that money to some poor people, and just wear like a rubber band on your hand. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> but you need that big rock, you need that mansion, you need to go on your ski vacation. But you're so down for the cause, it, it, mm-hmm. it's a joke, man. It pissed me off. And then they, call, they come at me, who people who don't even know us, people who don't listen to the show, they assume because I'm white, they go, oh, you're a white supremacist. Okay. Okay.
3: <laughs> We're all white supremacists. What are you yeah. talking about? Did you know hear what I said earlier? <laughs> I told him to
0: turn the ring light off because people keep thinking that he's white with all that, all that light coming in. Right? <laughs> <I> mean-
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. Tim Scott's response to the union was great, actually. I think it was one of the – actually, of all the responses to this, I think he even did better than – Marco Rubio. And I'm a Marco Rubio guy, uh, somewhat. Yeah. So he did even better with that, yeah. especially the way he presented so natural, right? He did it so naturally spoke, yeah. paused, no awkward Poor water drinking, right? All that stuff. Um, he did a good job. And the fact that they undermining this senator, right, just because he has an R next to his political party. It's a shame. It's sad. It's really sad. Because um, it, there's a lot of uh, Minority conservatives out there and they see these people and they agree with them and so on and so forth And to just bash him just because he made a comment that is true Right there's no evidence even harvard has studies that there's no evidence harvard we're talking about harvard right number one school in the country The most liberal school in the country right has Reports and investigated that there is really no correlation between racism and police brutality racism and unsuccessful people racism and poverty There's no really correlation other than economics, which is duh Right, (laughs) Uh, but you know, liberals, you know, want to say this is going on, and then they're the ones about facts and science and truth. And we have all these academic data proving their point wrong, and they just ignore it, which is kind of sad. Coming from the news outlets that talk about truth and investigative journalism and and being honest to the American public, and podcasters like us, we're just liars. Mm. We're just we know yeah, a, we're a just lot of a lot of that comes misinformation.
0: from let you hit in one second. A lot of that comes from people are terrified when someone does not fall in line with what they believe should be done. It's the same thing with the masks, right? And I saw this online. If you were really worried about me getting you sick from not wearing a mask, you would just stay away from me. But instead, you get physically angry and you have to yell at me and attack me. Why? Because I'm disobedient. I'm not following the herd it's something that clicks inside people who are sheep that they get so angry when someone expresses something that's different that doesn't fall in line with what the overlords are telling them
3: so uh, i was gonna say um because i know we're gonna moving on but you know i find this this whole thing on race hilarious and we had eight years of a black president we had eight years of a black attorney general okay we (laughs) um and they then, did so much. Hold on, hold, on, hold on. And then we okay, we skip, skip Trump. OK. right, And then we go to Biden. And then you appoint what I like to call through affirmative action. You appoint a vice president who happens to be a person of color. Right. And then we're still talking about systemic racism. And and, and, and I'm going to quote now the attorney general from Minnesota who two days ago uh, went on 60 minutes this last Sunday. They asked him. Was this, a, was this a hate crime? There's no evidence to that. So what the hell are we all talking about? Systemic racism on the part of the police, systemic racism in, the, in, in government where even like half of the representatives in Congress are of minority uh, minority descent. I'm like, what are we talking about? You know, it, it's like, I just find this whole thing hilarious. And then for Tim Scott to call it out correctly and then he gets called an Uncle Tim, right? And then and, and then he, and that doesn't get taken down. And then we're still talking about it. It's like, You just want to go pull that lever. Just keep them angry. Go pull that lever. It's never going to end, really. As long as as people don't speak up, and that's the other thing that I always say, you got to start speaking up. If you don't speak up, these people are going to keep winning and winning and winning and winning because it's going to be 24-7 on the media. Like I might point out sometimes, it's like 1984. I don't know if you guys read it or seen it, right? That TV is always on, and they just keep talking and talking and talking, and it's just, it's like engraved in your head. Oh, yeah, systemic racism, systemic racism. Mm
2: -hmm. Because the more you say something, it comes true. And I got to tell you, it's all that floor, they're putting the tap water, why these people want the mask so much. I'm just saying, maybe Alex Jones is right about something. Because Mm -hmm. guess what? Those like monkey-brain-human-hybrid like type stuff, he was talking about it years ago. Turns out to be true. So who knows what else he's right about? Um, that's just my <laughs> piece. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. It, but the way that the media plays this is, the more you say it, of course you're gonna start to see it everywhere. Sure. You're gonna think that you see it everywhere. And you're like, go, oh my god, it's true. Then, oh my god, that cop is gonna shoot me just because I said hello. Oh. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. It's nothing to worry about because that person's not telling me what to think, how to feel, what to do and how to go about that situation. Mm-hmm. So there's always this double standard that we're seeing here with the with the wonderful media and the best part about it is how the media just glosses over all of Biden's gaffes, what he really meant to say and what <laughs> how he really addressed the situation. I don't care what anyone has to say, but poor kids are just as smart and bright as white kids. Oops.
3: <laughs> I would like to point out that you have three minorities. I know how to use a computer on this show right now. So I'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: Jewish. It's still funny. I, I, okay, I, <laughs> I didn't
1: even know what the podcast was. You know, I have struggled a little bit. <laughs>
2: if I'm being honest, I'm using my cell phone here. But, yes, it has <laughs> an internet <laughs> capability. It's
1: hard. It's hard.
2: It is hard. (laughs) I clicked a
1: button to a link. To close up the the discussion on Tim Scott, he actually addressed the way he's treated by the left in terms of racism. He actually literally spoke on it on national TV. He literally said, I get more hate and violence and name-calling from progressive liberals than I do from conservatives. So he literally pointed that out. He literally said that. It's true. Obviously, the media ignores that portion of his speech had Tim Scott been a D they would have been quoting him 24/7 right so it's fine it's only bad when you call a liberal minority a racist term you got you're the worst person in the world but if you call a conservative minority racist terms or refer to them in racist ways it's fine right they deserve it they they're they're not true to the to the race they represent, right? Because God
0: forbid you, God, you know, how dare you not fall in line?
1: Mm -hmm. And it's pretty sad, Mm -hmm. but I do think that people will will eventually see that speech or if us conservatives can replay that clip of him saying, I get more hate from liberals as a black man, right? For being conservative than, you know, than the white supremacists they claim to, to be the ones who are the problem. I think that we can start helping people change their minds and see, look at this man is actually speaking truth. Right, and if you're a minority who's feeling the same way as this senator, then you should, you know, can reconsider who you're supporting, to who you listen. You need to, to revamp and reanalyze where you're getting information from. And I'll just leave it at that with Tim Scott. Sorry. If you
0: want to segue <laughs> us into our last segment,
1: uh, missiles. I guess there's
2: no real way to go from like politician to uh, what's happening uh, in the
1: Persian Gulf. Just do it, Sorry, you know. just Go with it. Desert Storm. <laughs> yeah.
3: did, you, did you say missiles? <laughs> oh, all, right. <laughs>
2: missile. all right. So, and I say that this is Biden's America because this wouldn't happen under President Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. So for the second time this month in April, uh, the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps mm-hmm. Navy they Man, have that's such a mouthful. legal name.
0: That is a real mouthful, game.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, the R-
3: what... R- R- G- that, that doesn't R- G- like G- sp-
0: something. It doesn't spell like you know something nice, like ISIS, uh, the... you know, does, and like all that other stuff. Like, there's it, no like.
2: Well, when you catchy... start off with Islamic Revolutionary, you're like, oh crap, Gaddafi. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry. Um, Ayatollah. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so the I R. GCN. There you, uh, go. there you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> went to the uh, swarmed two U.S. vessels, one being yeah. a uh, navy um, navy patrol ship and a coast guard ship. Uh, mm-hmm. It was three of them, three armed speedboats. As funny as that may seem, uh, came dangerously close, within sixty-eight yards, actually, of um, I believe it was the USS. Wait a second. USS Firebolt, which f- had to actually fire off some uh, some warning shots, say, you guys got to get back. They blared their horn a couple of times, but these guys were just freaking crossing in front of them, trying to get really in the way. And it was, I'd say, uh, measures to provoke, and I feel like that's almost what we got. Now, what happened back in, I believe, April 2nd, was uh, a giant catamaran uh, that can hold up to 100 personnel and uh, light helicopter craft actually, like, Charge in front of crossing naval um, vessels, U.S. naval vessels as well, forcing the uh, our ship to actually veer off its course because of the maneuvers that they were pulling. Now the Fifth Fleet came out saying that this was unprofessional. This was wrong for them to have done, and Iran doesn't really care. Uh, so the U.S. maintained saying that they held a defensive posture. They weren't really, you know, aside from firing off. They didn't fire off because they wanted to be hostile. They fired off because they were getting too darn close, and these are armed speedboats that can outmaneuver and get behind the slower, bigger ships. So, my biggest thing is, I see this as Iran pushing America's buttons to see how much they can get away with, because this is the second time this month, not to mention the fact that Iran is charging us $3 billion just to sit at the table to to, to pay them more money to go back into the iran uh, the iranian nuclear deal now i know and eddie i'm gonna get to you and i know that tulsi gabbard i think is very smart she's an also i believe an intelligence officer in of the united states army uh, in the reserves but at the same time the where i have to disagree with her is the fact that she wanted to also get back into the iranian nuclear deal mm-hmm. i think it's a horrible idea they're bullying us but eddie fire off just the way just like the uss fireball did to the uh, iranians
3: so, um all right so so you, you got let's, let's let's go back a little bit and, and, and look at the time frame right so president president trump does a miraculous thing in the middle east right and this is something that former secretary of state john curry said would never happen would never happen he said Do that he's like there's no way there'll be a peace accord between the arab state and the israeli state without the palestinian question that was basically it right it happens It happens, okay. And I made a video in my podcast. As soon as Joe Biden started talking about going back into the Iranian deal and making uh changing the deal up with Saudi Arabia, I said, do not do it because Iran is gonna be emboldened by this. Iran (laughs) and Iran is gonna want you to go back to the table on 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 their on 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 their terms, right? So then President Biden is like, Well, want to get back on the table. Iran says, like, nah because we, 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 we know you want to take away the nuclear program. So that happens, okay? And then sec- a couple days ago, it's revealed that Secretary uh, former Secretary of State was giving information to the Iranian um, foreign minister about Israeli operations in Syria at the time of the Obama administration. Okay, so all these things are adding up. But the biggest thing that, like you point out, it's like pushing the buttons. It is. And because Iranians are seeing that, they want to go to that Obama era style of foreign policy with Joe Biden out at the helm. And I said that is a big mistake. What you should, what President Biden should be should be doing is expanding the Abraham Accords, expanding so Arab states can form a coalition in the region, right? Of economic insecurity, right? Something like you saw within the NATO and NATO after the after the Second World War, you had NATO. Mm-hmm. That's something that should be mirrored in the Middle East because. We're always talking about, oh, we're in the Middle East, endless wars, all these things. Well, let the Middle East take care of the Middle East. But what do you need? You need economic security. You need you need technological security. And that eventually evolves to military security. And the problem in the Middle East, uh, when you see that, is that pan-Ara- pan-Arabism and all these other ideologies that have held the region, quote-unquote, together, have hindered them to evolve economically. But you were seeing a glimpse... Of what the economic uh, the Abraham Accords were going uh, to be going to be given to them and if you look at experts and you look at the analysis of the area, that was the projection that was being watched. And now when you have Joe Biden saying, well I want to go back in the deal because I want to trust Iran. well here you go. you can't <laughs> trust somebody who's chance death to America.' They're like does nobody ever learn like the history the lessons from history it's like Churchill said you can't you can't deal with tyrants. They have a mission, okay? You can't deal with Iran. It has a mission, death of America. We are, they, we are like whatever I want to say, they're uh, number one enemy, right? The number one enemy. Why are you going to put deals on the table? They're not going to do it. They're not going to follow it.
0: Joe Biden is that dude who dates a stripper who then cheats on him and then keeps going, <laughs> oh, but I really want to trust her. I think this time it's really going to work. <laughs> no, dude, she's a stripper and she's going to cheat on
2: you. I That's don't really. Like. That's literally I what you do. <laughs> I don't like your attack on our lower enlisted in the military. <laughs> they promise that they'll change and they won't pass anything on.
0: Don't yeah, but- fight no, like the guy who falls in love with an Instagram model, alright? Come on, man. Let's just be real here. <laughs> this is a joke.
3: The point, the, point, the point I'm trying to make with the this, head rat. Is, <laughs> this is this is going to continue. You're going to see more provocations like this. I w- I, you already started to see it also from North Korea, but that's another issue. We're not in East Asian politics right now. But um, <laughs> what you're going to see from Iran is going to continue because this president, right, instead of thinking strategically and geopolitically, he's thinking, well, I just want to reverse everything Trump did. Well, there you go. Yeah,
1: that's not only that. I think it's also a good opportunity for Iran. Iran is pretty, I think it's strategic and smart in how they're handling this. Yeah. Remember when uh, Trump ordered the murder of, not the murder, the assassination, the killing, I don't know what you want to call it, of the, the death of Iran? right? The entire liberal base praised the man as heroic, <laughs> as Trump being the most evil person in the world, as Trump being evil for killing the most dangerous man in the Middle East. Right. And let's be honest. Iran's watching this on TV. They're not stupid. They're not isolated from the world. They're watching these liberals talk about how, Soleimani was a hero, heroic, was a was brave and so on and so forth, you know, negating the fact that this man is the one who's been helping fund a lot of terrorist organizations, causing a lot of uh, disruptions in the Middle East and so on and so forth. Right. Move forward to now. Of course, Iran's an act up like this because you have the entire base that yeah. um, Mr. So President I mean. falls on and stands on praising an entire Iranian regime. And since they can't speak ill of Iran, because they already praised Iran as a you know wonderful state, whatever they want to call it, um, they're going to start putting all these pouts and these temps and these, you know, pushing the buttons and acting out like kids until they get what they want, right? And in Spanish right? we call berrinches, right? you know, temper tantrums, right? So Iran's going to put these temper tantrums, no, give us more money or else we're not going to sit on the table. And these guys, Biden and his whole democratic base, are gonna be like okay mijo yeah yeah you know oh we're sorry we're sorry right when when trump was around and and i'm actually glad the media made trump look like a crazy maniac who's willing to nuke any country because that deterred countries from messing with the united (laughs) states States, yeah literally it deterred deterred north korea for goodness sake when that big six-foot man walked across north korea right Oh, I bet towering you know, over the was,
3: entire country.
1: <laughs> hell yeah. That man was like, I ain't sending no more missiles to the United States. <laughs> not today. Right? <laughs> Quoting, you know, using, um, you know, the Thank accent God. from, uh, from uh, what's the name? What's that movie called? The interview? the interview? No, not The Interview. Not The Interview. Um, yeah. Tom Hanks. Oh. Anyways. Oh. Um, anyways, Forrest, you know, Gump. Forrest Gump. You know, oh, I'm not going to send no missiles anymore, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that whole media fear tactic of trump is going to just nuke any country who mess with them deterred a lot of countries from messing with the united states right now we have this dove right quote unquote dove of joe biden now countries are trying to mess around with the united states Mm because why because they're not they don't have the balls right for better light, right, to, to try to deter other countries. And that's why Iran's going to continue to do this. And we're going to end up paying billions of dollars to Iran. And Iran's going to get the nuclear weapon. And then United States is going to be like, how did they get the nuclear weapons? Right? Oh, my God. John deal? Do do? Uh, <laughs> we need to do something about it. Too late, son. You paid them to literally fund their own nuclear program. Nuclear program yeah. And like Eddie says, I mean, the Abraham Accord, which is literally a lot of Arab states protecting themselves from Iran.
3: That's
1: yeah, okay. that's the common that's threat. In the common threat in, in the Middle East right now is Iran. <laughs> they're like, hell no, Iran gets nuclear weapons, hell no, right? I mean, I, I don't know if they can say hell no, but I'm assuming that's what they're thinking, right? <laughs> and that's what the Abraham Accords came about. Allah forbid. But now giving Iran all this, you know, you know, giving their way other temper tantrum, right? And giving them into the berrinches, like we say in Spanish, it's gonna give Iran that power and that leverage to just bully anyone around and just do what he did with the United States. The United States is not gonna fight Iran. Let's be honest. It's not gonna go in full out war with Iran. It will be dumb for the United States to do that. However, and Iran knows that, Iran knows that, right? That's what they're picking at us and just trying to say, boom, 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 boom. Let's see where we can, you know, mess around with this big bully, right? And see mm-hmm. where he can trip and we can poke at him, right? So the only way the United States can deter Iran is if they become like big Mr. Trump style. I got nuclear weapons and I ain't afraid to push the button. right? To deter these countries from trying to mess with the United States or any other country in the region.
0: Well, it's the same thing. If your parents have a liquor cabinet right, and they keep it unlocked and they go, "Well, don't you drink it, but I'm not going to check to see if you're drinking it and I'm not <laughs> really going to care if you do. That's, that's the Obama the, that's, policy. That's the Obama
3: no, that's, that's foreign policy. As yes, opposed yeah,
0: yeah. to, I'm going to check that bottle every day and guess what? If I see you drinking it, I'm going to whoop you. That's <laughs> the <Trump laughs> policy. Right? That's what we need. That's the difference. People don't get it. It all breaks down exactly the same. Human beings, all over the world throughout all history, we operate the same. If you're going to mm-hmm. tell us not to do something, but you're not going to check up on it, and there's no downside to me doing it, and I want to do it, I'm going to do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if you tell
0: yeah. me I'm going to get whooped, oh, I might not do it then. Uh-huh. I
1: mm-hmm. mean, you might try once, but once you get whooped, you ain't going to do it again. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so I, um,
1: it's... Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, I have nothing else to
2: do. I will thank you. Um, well, thank goodness that uh, we sent a uh, a six-foot uh, president over there. Thank <laughs> God we don't have a Latino president yet because we would have been, like, the same, you know, height. <laughs> Wouldn't have been as imposing. Would have had to maybe get a little ladder for, like, the little hump uh, to get over the, the little step in between the border. So, you know,
1: we did something wow. right
2: with this one. Marco Rubio can wait just a little bit longer. <laughs> um, but, so, Castro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Eddie, what you were saying was so true, and Jaime, what you are saying was so true about the way that these guys look at us. And I know that we're going to have to be, you know, wrapping up soon, but I want to kind of like leave off with this. Uh, the Chinese derogatory term uh, for the white liberal, the elitist liberal, uh, is called a baiso. Baiso is, is uh, Mandarin, actually. So it's the elitist left, uh, left-leaning people of the West. And just everything that we say, the Chinese have thrown up into one word. And that's how they see us as virtue signaling a weaker society. And Mm. if this continues, um, and you know, I don't want to be pessimistic, but sometimes people don't learn until it's already too late. Too late, yeah. We'll see, the Iranians are very intelligent. um, And I kind of want to see like the Saudis, you know, put them in their place a bit. But aside from that, if we continue on this path, the Iranians will know that maybe we're, maybe there is a bit of a chink in that armor. And maybe they just have to pass John Kerry a few more dollars. So <laughs> we'll talk, I guess, more geopolitics next time. Yeah. <laughs> all
0: right, guys. So that is our show for today. I wanted to thank Jaime and Eddie so much for coming on. Why don't you guys tell everyone where they can find your podcast.
3: Yeah. So you guys can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Just search um, MM Talk Media. We're available there. Uh, we're a bilingual podcast. So if you want to listen to English, it's MM Talk. If you want to the Spanish version, which is all on the same channel, it's Soy Americano. So English or Spanish, it's up to you guys. Available anytime. Also on Spotify and Anchor.
0: And we're on Anchor too. Anchor's very nice. Gabe, (laughs) why don't you tell the people where they can find your 3,000 handles?
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So if you're on Instagram, please uh, type in baron.montavo, B-A-R-O-N. It is not the name of Baron Trump. Learn your history. Uh, And if you're on Twitter, it is baron underscore Montavo. If you're on Facebook, it is the Baron Montalba. that's also the same as my link tree, and my stereo, which is a new piss-poor app that I would like to try and get big on, but you can pay people for talking on there, so we'll explore that. Uh, and if you're in the New York City area, uh, or the Tri-State area for that matter, and you're a Young Republican, please, even if you're not, look up the New York Young Republicans Club. Uh, right now, we are not only hosting a May the 4th celebration, but also to members of the club, we are offering exclusive access to Hunter Biden's laptop, and the files that were found in there. So thank you uh, to Vice President Vishborough for getting all of that. Uh, And you can find more information about them on uh, their website, nyyrc.com, and at nyyrc on all major uh, platforms, social media platforms.
0: All right. I'm going to go through this really quick because we are running out of time. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives. We are still on that 60-day live ban, but hopefully it will be up soon. I forgot what day it started. On Instagram at underscore Empire State Conservatives. On Twitter, Empire State Cons. On YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network. On all podcast platforms at Empire State Conservatives Podcast and our new store, which is EmpireStateConservatives.com. It is up and running, so make sure you go and grab some merch today. It is absolutely excellent. Oh, look at that, our defund gun control, and my governor is a tyrant. (laughs) They're absolutely amazing, guys. They are available. So for that, everybody, stay safe, and don't let fear take your freedom.